Hello, welcome. This is the Top Podcast. My name is Lou. This is Mike. Hey. And then this is Robert. What up, though? All right, we like to start off with a little icebreaker. My icebreaker today would be if you wanted everybody to have one skill, what skill would it be? There's a lot of skills out there. I, I got mine. Uh, there's yeah, a lot I'm of bad too. drivers, too. So <laughs> Okay, I, ha- <laughs> I got to come up with something else now. <laughs> what, what's your answer, Lou? Uh, for me, uh, anger management. Just like managing that anger, man. Uh, I think that, that ties into dr- bad driving, too, because I feel like bad drivers just get angry too often. Uh, I think if everybody just learned to just chill out and just like stare at trees, I think the world would be a better place. Mine's similar. I would say communication. I feel like if people could just communicate better, myself included, I'm, you know, I'm trying to always get better. But if a lot of pe- people could just communicate better, it would solve a lot of problems and a lot of like, especially drama and things like that. So my one skill people should learn. Well, I'm actually going to go I ahead said, and just take driving then, um, since technically neither of you took it. Specifically, four-way stops. Mm-hmm. And even more specifically, people who try to let you go at a four-way stop, but like it's their turn. So I'm sitting here waiting for you to go because I know how to do a four-way stop and I know it's your turn. And you're sitting here trying to be polite, slowing everybody else down. Yeah, four-way stops. That would... I. I I hit a lot of four-way stops on the way to work. It's a very passionate thing for me. Are you the kind of dad who's just, like, pointing at people and telling them when to go? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. on the moped with, like, both <laughs> hands going, like, traffic cop style. You it, traffic cop people? I get so annoyed when I'm at a four-way stop <laughs> and, like, an incompetence is the reason that I'm not moving faster. Like, I have no issue. We're all in this together. Everybody take their turn. I can wait just as long as anybody else. My time isn't more important than anybody else. But stupidity slowing everybody down or people who are entitled and just decide I'm going to go even though it's not my turn. Jail right away. No no trial, straight, nothing. Just straight to jail. Get off the road. Yeah. Straight, straight to, jail. to jail. I bet you there's somebody out here that's like, man, this dude is spitting right now. Mm-hmm. You are hitting somebody's soul right now, Mike. Oh, Don't I'm, come I'm out. a lot of people's soul. It's... It's true. Don't come out to North Dakota. People are, it's the, the people are just trying to be nice here and it's awful. Also, the <laughs> I mean, slowest yeah, turners in the country I've, I've experienced <laughs> is here in North Dakota. They go like three miles an hour and I get that anger because they need to learn how to F and drive. Oh my gosh. Mackenzie was listening to the, uh, the first episode today and what did she say? Oh, she, she made fun of me. I don't know what word I said, but there's a point early on where. I used some exclamatory that was cl- like I was clearly getting ready to swear, and then I thought to myself like, "Hey, let's not make a habit of getting ourselves demonetized, and that way, if we ever get monetized, I don't have to unlearn a bad habit." And then Lucian says "penis" seven times, and Rob drops an <laughs> f bomb. I was like, "Oh, great!" I cool. did. I did I not. Myself. Lucian said the f bomb. Well, you're right. Lucian said the f bomb too. Oh, I, I I didn't know. I just I I don't know. I thought you guys brought me here to just scream out penis all day. <laughs> uh, you guys know my my thing. It's okay. I'm all about it now. I'm totally I, cool with it. It was I don't, just like I, I don't remember what the word was, but I said like golly gee or something, just super <laughs> like <laughs> intentional self censoring. And then the rest of the episode happened. I was like, all right, well that was pointless. Well, I don't think penis is actually like I don't think that's a word that get you demonetized. No, I don't. I'm pretty sure. Is though so yeah. <laughs> was- All right, so today we're talking about underrated TV shows. What I'm guessing we have uh, a very range of what underrated is because Mike can't even research some of his TV shows. So <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid that some of his TV shows are just fever dreams because you're a writer and you just created these TV shows in your mind. And now I, you're looking. If I them. created one out of four of these TV shows, I'd be I'd be a happy happy man. 
<laughs> I wonder if I'll even know any of Mike's shows. Yeah, I was probably know yeah. a couple. They're not. Let's see. You won't know four or five, but two and three aren't like unheard of. And some of them just have bad names for like I, you could research. Like I, I read some Rick Wikipedia just to get some basic facts. Uh, we'll get into it. it. It'll become very clear why I couldn't look up like a YouTube retrospective as the episode progresses. For me, underrated it means that there isn't a huge fan base for me. Or if it was a TV show back in the day, people still don't talk about it now. I think that for me, that's what the definition of underrated is. I mean, of course, you're going to hear these TV shows, at least for mine. Uh, but I just don't think it got the roses it deserves or the continued backing it deserves yeah i I definitely agree with that i think um like my number one show won a ton of emmys and was like wildly critically praised but just nobody talks about it anymore and it i think it should be up there with shows like the office and friends but it just like it just kind of has its its little following that love it but it's not one of the like the big well-known shows and so even though it was wildly successful, I think it's underrated because it doesn't get the credit it deserves nowadays. All right, cool. So I'll start us off. Hey there, folks. It's your favorite lawyer, Saul Goodman, and I've got a little spoiler warning for you. So you're about to dive into some seriously juicy stuff, and I don't want to see any lawsuits coming my way. If you ain't seen what we're talking about yet, well, consider yourself one. You're in for a wild ride. And remember, you didn't hear it from me. Uh, I started off with a... a cartoon i don't know why because i think it's right a keepo in the age of wonder beast have you guys heard of that, that one <laughs> nope. i've heard of no. boy wonder but not a wonder beast no no keepo in the wonder beast it's a netflix exclusive which shout out to netflix for canceling my account because i share password Ooh. you're on my last days i don't know you guys struggling with that too do you guys still have a i decline oh. to answer pursuant to my fifth amendment right okay i respect that all right okay okay fair enough so yeah so it's a cartoon it's the same studio that uh the same animated studio as core avatar I, I think it's a beautiful animation i think they did really a job it's a classic post-apocalyptic human worlds uh post-apocalyptic human post-apocalyptic world where humans go down they live underground and uh i think probably like nukes which is probably how we'll go, to be honest with you, or some sort of disease, or whatever. I um, think we'll go from the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I think so. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also a Christian. Um, yeah. The world gets new to My everybody. Pastor. <laughs> My father-in-law is also a pastor. It's crazy. I'm a youth director, a pastor. Most apocalyptic world, human go, humans go underground. Animals get, their DNA gets switched, so they can, they are just like huge monsters and it, it's not livable up north up up in the surface of the world uh, but this uh girl kibo for some reasons i won't spoil it ends up on the surface of the world and finds out that there are like friendly creatures up there and i think it's just a beautiful there's three seasons so it's nice and short you could probably finish it in a couple days if you really work hard on it beautiful characters character development i think it's great and it's a compelling storyline for especially for uh, a silly netflix cartoon that's my number five so for my number five, this really shaped, I think, probably a lot of my sense of humor. It's uh, it aired from 2007 to 2011. It's a sketch comedy group called The Whitest Kids You Know. It, it was a TV show, but I mostly watched it on YouTube. It was kind of like SNL, how all the good you know bits would go to YouTube. It circled around me and my friends, and we would make you know jokes about it and everything. And it's like um, it's like Monty Python mixed with early Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So it's just off the wall humor. You anything could happen. It's sometimes it's overly raunchy, sometimes it's overly dark, and it's just you don't know what's what's gonna go down. 
I don't know how well it's aged now. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that you could say, you know, mid 2000s that you definitely couldn't say now. Same with like early Always Sunny. You couldn't make that show now. I think for its time, it was very underrated and no one else I really talked to has watched any of their shows or you know youtube clips so that's why i chose that for my number five never heard of it i uh, i've seen one youtube video and rob was the one who showed it to me yep but it was, it was pretty <laughs> funny it was definitely it had that early 2000s kind of feel to it which i got i got a little nostalgic for that but um, i also clearly love things that came out in the the 2000s so we've we've established that by now like one of their their best known skits was the night abraham lincoln got assassinated and he was it was said that he's in ford theater watching hamlet and it's just a spoof of hamlet like there's a a vampire and all that and he's just like oh crap the vampire's behind you using more explicative explicitives (laughs) but and then john wilkes booth is in the audience like mr president will you please be quiet and he just like taunts him keep on going and he's finally like i've had enough of this he runs up there and he beats him to death with a hammer and they're like well this is actually how it happened but the history books were too embarrassed to say that's how a- how Abe Lincoln died so they just made up that he was shot instead of beaten to death by a hammer because he was being a distracted nice nice my uh, my number five is a show called episodes which aired on Showtime starting in 2011. I think it ran for five or six seasons. But it follows Sean and Beverly Lincoln, who are a pair of award-winning British showrunners for a BBC sitcom. And they're approached by an American studio president. And he's like, hey, I want, I want you guys to come to America and make your show for American audiences. They decide to do it, and they go to America, and they have a very well-respected British actor. I don't know if he is a real-life actor playing himself or if... He's just a made-up actor. I didn't recognize him. But they get him to come back for the role of the main character. And the studio's like, actually, we're we g- we're going to go in a different direction. And they bring in Matt LeBlanc, uh, <laughs> Joey from Friends. Joey to, from Friends. <laughs> to, to play the role of this, like, put-together British headmaster of a boarding school. And it, it goes horribly wrong. Everything is just a total disaster. It, uh, when when Lou said good horror movies are horror movies that make him go, well, I feel different and I need to go to bed. This show kind of made me feel a little bit like that, where it was like, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. But it was also so just dark and messed up that I kind of need to call my mom. And I, I absolutely loved it. But it was a great blend of just super dry British humor, which I'm a huge fan of. And then kind of the American penchant for season-long story arcs. One of my favorite bits from the show is the, the, the couple, they get moved in this massive mansion in L.A., and they're looking around, and they have this gigantic bathtub. And uh, they they see the bathtub, and they decide, like, hey, you want to engage in some some marital activities in there? And so they, they turn on the faucets, and then they have this really comedic montage where they're, they're getting each other undressed, and then it cuts to them standing in bathrobes, and this, this giant bathtub is only, like, one-tenth of the way full because it's so huge it can't fill up quickly. And then it just holds the shot for 10 seconds while you just listen to the water running. And they go, okay, maybe another time. And it's just like, <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's so, just so dry. And it, it, it's, it's fantastic. Really, I mean, it deserved to be on Showtime. It's a little off color, not, not to be watched with parents or with kids. Definitely worth checking out if you have Paramount Plus with Showtime. And now, a word from our sponsor. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Top Podcast, brought to you by Fireball. Fireball is a third-level evocation with casting time of one action and range 150 feet, dealing up to 8d6 fire damage to all creatures within a 20-foot radius. For even more spicy goodness, try casting Fireball at a spell slot of 4th level or above to deal an additional 1d6 damage per spell slot. Fireball. Please cast responsibly. Very cool. Alright, my four 
which I don't know how underrated it is now that we've talked about it quite a bit, but uh, Community is my number four. Would you oh, guys man. consider that? Would you guys consider that underrated? I would say it's underrated just in the grand scheme of things, especially for like, was that, uh, C- who, I don't remember the company that originally had NBC. it, but like NBC, yeah. Compared to, you know, it wasn't like mm-hmm. Parks and Rec or The Office. And the show we talked about, which was, is going to be coming up on my list, I would say it, it's around there for like the line of where we're cutting off underrated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The I only just... reason I didn't include it was because I had it was between that and another show that both kind of toe the line where I was like, I don't want to have two shows that are debatable on the same list. So I, I went with the show that I felt was more underrated, but I, I definitely am not wouldn't fight back on community at all. It's phenomenal. Okay. Better watch out though. It's yeah. it's it's gaining popularity. So better watch out. Is it is it picking up again? I would. I like Why, though? It deserves it. Yeah, I feel like it has a second life. Like it's it's picking up more on the internet, especially like when it hit yeah. Netflix. It it just kind of blew up in popularity from there. So it's the same guy who created Rick and Morty. Yeah, Dan which I feel Harmon. Like, yeah, Dan Harmon. And I I think Rick and Morty is a little overrated to be honest with you, comparable mm-hmm. to Community in the sense of just like I don't know. I think the characters are just so loving. If you don't, if you've never seen Community, it's a pretty basic understanding of the show it's all it is is that a bunch of people from different walks of life going to community college for for certain reasons for their own personal reasons but there is a study group that meets ends up meeting and then they end up creating the show as the study group it starts off as um it starts off as Spanish, I think, is their first class together. Yep. And the person that's teaching that Spanish class is the same naked guy that jumped out of Hangover with a <laughs> crowbar. I got, a, I got a f- <laughs> another fun fact. He was born in Detroit. I just had enough of these random really? Michigan things. Yeah. Oh, was that's, it Kim? That's Kim crazy. Something? I don't remember his name. His wife is named Ho, and he lets everybody know that, and I think that's <laughs> hilarious. He's like, "I love you, Ho," but yeah, I think Troy and Abbott is, is the two char- is two characters that are my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it is so good. I think uh, Danny Glover just did an amazing job. I think he because he used to write for Thirty Rock. Donald Glover. Donald yeah. Glover. What I said. Danny, Danny Glover. Glover is, you said Dan. Uh, that's Lethal Weapon. Riggs. That's Lethal Weapon. That's Riggs. <laughs> I'm too old like for this a, stuff. That's his. That's his dad, right? No, yes. no relation. No, I know, I know, I know, yeah. I know. It was a joke. He's got a song about that. What does he? It, it's in one of the Childish Gambino songs. He's got that line. He says, uh, "He says Donald Glover, no relation." Very cool. But yeah, I think they did an amazing <laughs> job. My favorite episode is when uh, somebody broke Abbott's version of Batman. It's Batman. Batman. And oh my gosh, dude, that is is just I I love to go back to the show. And it's a show that you could just always go back to, and and it and it, and it does me well. I, I could easily spend an hour just talking about community and the meta stuff they did, and the like the hidden jokes that you don't notice until your, your seventh rewatch. My number four is Star Wars Clone Wars. Not the Clone Ooh. Wars. It's the 2D one that came out between episodes two and three. It started out as just like two or three minute clips, and it was mostly just like action and all that, but it's it's 2D and it's animated, and it's made by the same people that made Samurai Jack. So it's a, it's a very distinctive animation style. And I went back and watched it, at least the first season, because it's only like an hour long. And it, it's just fantastic. It shows, it actually shows like clone troopers being competent, which you don't really see in the movie. You don't see a lot of the... <laughs> You know the, the your average soldiers being competent. It, it really builds on the world, and it shows that like because in the Lord the clones are supposed to be better than the droids, but the, there's just so many more of the droids because you know you can just pump them out, and it, it kind of just shows that. And then there's just some really cool stuff they can do with animation that you can't do with 2D animation that you can't do with 3D or live action because it just looks funky because you know that third dimension really can make things look 
wonky things like that like one time uh probably one of the most memorable scenes is mace windu like basically takes out this whole super droid army just the things they do with that it's crazy and one thing i really like is just kind of the how much thought they put into some scenes there's one where anakin's fighting ventress and they go outside and it starts raining and you actually hear the rain like getting evaporated by the lightsaber and you see the smoke rising from the lightsabers and really cool that is really cool. cool and you don't see that in any of the other ones you don't like get that sound effect and all that and it's just a really well shot directed tv show and i don't think it's been decanonized even be well i don't know if it was disney that did it it's been decanonized and kind of been overshadowed by the clone wars so i'd say it's underrated in that regard the clone wars and clone wars are two different tv shows yep clone wars like i said uh, i have the dates i think it was 2000 2003 to 2005 the 2d animation one the, right. the some of the actors carry over it's the same obi-wan actor in both and i think the same mace windu voice actor and there's some scenes that they kind of take from the 2d one and put in the clone wars but yeah they're two different two different shows and the clone wars is canonized well clone wars is not also one thing i love is they make general grievous just look like a total ba like he just comes in there and like the jedi are terrified of him kind of make him look like he's an actual villain because if you watch the clone wars he's just a coward and runs away and there he's something to be forced to be reckoned with and like his first introduction with jedi you just hear his walking they draw it out much longer than was comfortable for me when i was watching it late at night and tired i'm just like come on just just show it like i was getting anxiety from it just waiting and that's <laughs> that's what they wanted so it conveyed i'm like please just have him jump out <laughs> Yeah, man. When I, I remember when the the last set of movies came out, Robert, you were like, I felt like you were hurt. Like you just like were, you felt so disrespected. I it's you probably didn't even watch that last. I I've seen the Rise of Skywalker, but it was much later than when it came out. I I feel like for me, it's probably yeah, how true. the fans of the original trilogy felt with the prequels. But I will say, at least the mm-hmm. prequels had a, a coherent story through movies one through three, unlike seven through nine. <laughs> I like the first one, the first new one. I can't remember the names of them. That would uh, but be... I feel like you I mean the rehash of episode Ray. four? <laughs> I liked it when it first came out, but then since it didn't go anywhere in the long run, I, it's kind of soured on me. The Force Awakens, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah, that, um, yeah the, even the, the plane scene where they did the um, Millennial Falcon, I think that was even pretty good. I think they had For some good parts. The Force Awakens? Yeah. And there's... As much as I, I rag on episode eight, there are some beautifully shot scenes like the hyperspace, the holo maneuvers, they call it totally war breaking, but it was a beautiful shot. So I like I can give uh, Ryan Johnson some laurels there, even though he ended up ruining Star Wars. Him and J.J. Abrams were. Ugh. Anyways, I could talk about it. You could talk a whole hour about Community Mike. I have a couple friends that we have for the past four or five years have had our conversations on the downfall of Star Wars. And now I just don't care about Star Wars anymore. So, woo. There you go. Come to the dark side, yeah, baby. Yeah. It's way more fun over here. I'm not going to Star Trek. Get out of here. <laughs> that wasn't what I meant. That's a good option, too. Excuse me. My number four is the horror anthology show Slasher, specifically season two. show has been on three different networks. It came out in 2016 on Chiller, which if you've never heard of, I haven't either until doing research for this show. Um, and then Netflix picked it up for seasons two and three, which is where I thought it died. But when I started doing research, I learned that Shudder, which is an all horror streaming platform, which I imagine only makes money in like October picks the show up for seasons four and five so I'm actually super excited to go check those out but season two is for my money it's the best season if if you're gonna check out any one season it's it's the one to check out and it kind of follows um it's 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 Friday the 13th and I know what you did last summer are the inspirations but it's it's got it's a lot less cheesy while still having that fun kind of camp of the of the slasher genre it, basically the show starts out 
at a summer camp and you see this group of camp camp counselors and they murder one of the other camp counselors and then we get a five-year jump and those five counselors are coming back to the summer camp in the middle of winter because a big real estate developer bought the land and they have to move the body before some construction worker finds it and there's there's these hippies living in a commune on the land now and so they the hippies have agreed to let them stay on the commune and kind of re-explore the old campgrounds before it gets turned into a mega resort type deal and eventually they start getting picked off one by one by some masked man and they die in some pretty pretty brutal ways but it was uh it was really really gripping really engaging and they did a great job flashing back to summer and then flashing forward to winter and having that really stark juxtaposition and it also gave you context so everybody kind of died in a way that was fitting to the sins they had committed back in summer camp and it all you know had a real nice full circle to it the ending was was really cool because i i was convinced i had outsmarted them i was like i picked up on all the clues you can't you know get anything by me i know it was this guy and then we got to the end and i was like i was like 15 percent right so like <laughs> i got to feel good about it but i still got to experience the like the reveal and be like oh i did i didn't see that coming actually good job you got me and so yeah really really good if you're into horror and then again like rob said or excuse me like lou said in that first week really great horror is when you watch it and you're like okay i'm i'm changed forever it, it was an extremely graphic show and there's there's a scene towards the end um we'll call it a um a male on male unwelcome canoodling scene uh, oh my gosh which, yeah it oh, really it, it, it messed me up like he's better I, off I just right saying it i don't for a couple <laughs> Uh, I, I, I feel like the other word was better. I'm sorry, dude. Oh, all uh, my ears. Canoodling. Like, ca- canoodling, yes. You get less demonetized when you say canoodling. Yeah, it was it was a really, really messed up scene, but it, it kind of gave me a different perspective on just the, the ramifications of that. Where before, I was like, yeah, this is bad. It's something you shouldn't do. And then I you watch this play out, and it just kind of, like, I think as, a, as dudes, we don't necessarily have kind of the same fear of that that women have. Mm-hmm. And this kind of recontextualized it for me where I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I get this now. Maybe not as much as somebody who's gone through it. Definitely not as much as somebody who's gone through it. But I, I could see just like, I, I started to understand on a much more deep level what goes into this more than just the physical act. And I think there was a ton of value to that. And also, phenomenal slasher story. So I walked away happy. Even though I walked away really not well for a couple days, It was it's something I, I, I definitely think deserves a lot more credit in the horror genre so is it an anthology like american horror where each season's different yes you said well, okay you said watch season two yeah. and I, I didn't know if you had to watch yeah, season, season one. two's uh season one was fine it was eh, it wasn't my favorite no complaints season three was bad but i, I actually really liked the ending of season three they did they did that thing where you like you, you know he's not the killer but they have the white guy who's just super racist and awful and it was just like it, it, it's that thing where it's like, oh, hey, we're going to portray all white people as horrible racist bigots. And it's like, hey, you know, the solution to something isn't like isn't to just do it to other people. And like, I, I feel like a lot of TV shows do that. And I feel like it's very lazy. It's not like these people don't exist. There's absolutely horribly racist white people out there. But the way TV shows portray them sometime, I feel like is a little lacking in reality. But by the end of the show, it kind of showed how we got there. 
And like he was like, hey, I'm just as underprivileged as all these other people around me. But it feels like nobody is reaching out to help. And it showed how somebody in a, like a lower class situation can develop these biases because he feels just as alone as them, but nobody wants to help him. And so you can reach out and discover these like more extremist groups and they can corrupt your mindset. And I thought that was actually a really interesting kind of take on the story. And so they took something that seemed like kind of lazy basic storytelling and they twisted it into a really interesting take on racism but the rest of the show sucked it was trash so it, it definitely wasn't enough to save it or the season excuse me all right so for my third tv show is schitt's creek you guys heard of schitt's creek i i think i've seen a clip i think you were watching it or at some point when i was at your house it has it has oh, uh real? yeah it has schmidt right from new girl schmitty no he just looks no. like him Oh, it's okay. actually Eugene Levy's son. So it's Shades Creek. Creek, so good. I think it's underrated. I think only like middle-aged white women like this show, and I think everybody should like this show. I don't know why that it just got put into a box, because I think it's just as good as anything else on my list. So what's it about? All right, I will tell you. It's about a rich family who loses all their money. Before that, back in like the 90s or whatever, the dad thought it would be funny if he bought a town called Shits Creek. Well, years pass by, they lose all their money, um, but he remembers that I bought this town called Shits Creek, and that can't be taken away from him. So he ends, ends up living in this podunk town. It just blossoms from there. I, I think they start off every... So there is a, a, a brother, a sister, and a mother and a father. And they all are super shallow, super just super richy. Anything, every stereotype you think of rich people, they have it. But as seasons go on, they start to become like real human beings, and it is... Oh, awesomeness so the character development's good the character uniqueness every single character i feel like in, in some tv shows there are some characters that don't get love as much as other characters do every single character gets their own storyline they get their own interest and in, in, in love interest and uh they all grow emotionally and i think it's just a general funny movie i think i've watched it three times with my wife and i've enjoyed it every single time my wife is also a big Shit's creek fan i watched a couple episodes and i was like yeah maybe not for me but i definitely could see the appeal to it i was gonna say what's the legality that they can't take like if you bought something they could still take it away like i'm, I'm just trying to wonder how we evaded i feel like that property value is going to be a big thing if they, they could save some money that way but i'm not a lawyer so i guess i don't know it, it's plot armor it's plot armor yeah i mean i feel like they maybe gave you a reason but it's mostly plot armor and i, I think it starts off kind of slow and i think it takes a little bit of time but I, I think anybody could enjoy it. It's there's it a little bit of something for everybody. Give it a I have chance, recently Mike. come around. Well, I, I I've become a big Eugene Levy fan. Me and uh, Mackenzie did. We went and we binged all nine American Pie movies, which I frankly can't recommend because half of them are absolute trash. But Eugene oh Levy's the only guy who's in every single one of the movies, and so <laughs> we've I, I've developed a new appreciation for Eugene Levy because the the main series movies are honestly some of my favorites they're really really funny i i, I appreciate a good U eugene levy bit so i might have to go check it out again is that the dad from cheaper by the dozen two i don't know that i've ever seen cheaper uh, by the dozen two well you're you're saving yourself no i think it's yeah i suspected i might be it's like the dad you're getting all these white people next up no it's the, thinking that's no steve martin. that's that's steve martin no 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 the, yeah dude different no person. hold up you didn't hear I'm me looking the, at the cover the, right now <laughs> the other dad from 
You have to make sure yeah. you look at the second one because yes, yes, the main the main dad is Steve Martin. Yes, the second dad from number two, I yes, believe, other is one. that guy. Oh yes, he is in that. He is. Okay, Sorry, you yes. have to scroll past he is in the that. dozen to reach Eugene Levy. Kind of takes a while. <laughs> yeah. Cash. Shout out to Hillary Duff though. And uh, Ashton Kutcher's in the first one too. Well, the first three. Oh, he he, he is. He's the so he's Jacob the boy Smith. Toy. Isn't that is that the guy that played Superman in Smallville? Yeah. I have no idea. I'm just reading off the most obscure. Uh, maybe find Taylor Lautner's in that movie. I don't know who that is. Taylor Lautner, the Dax uh, Shepherds also. What the heck? Why is this such a stacked cast? Is this one or two? This is a huge stacked cast. Two. This is. I'm on one. Oh, okay. I saw two as a kid, and I liked it as a kid, but I've just heard it's awful now. So I'm just gonna. That should have been your answer to the uh, the icebreaker yesterday. I didn't think of it. You know, it was in the deep recesses of my mind yesterday, a week ago. I'd be afraid. To Whatever. There. I I don't want to be there sometimes too. <laughs> so. All right, so my number three, I'm I'm taking a twist on this because it is a popular kids show, but I'm saying it is underrated as an adult going back and watching it. Mm. So I, I just it, you're gonna you're gonna hear the title and you're gonna be like you're dumb, but just keep in mind that this is from the adult perspective. I went back a few weeks ago and started watching the original Pokemon again because I'm like you know I'm just gonna get a nostalgia trip and all that. But I'm watching it and Team Rocket might be some of the funniest TV characters I have ever seen. They come up with such like witty quips and there's just so many good puns. And as a kid, you're just watching it because it's Pokemon and there's some battle scenes. But like going back in as an adult and Becca started watching this with me and it's like, yeah, this is a lot better than I thought it was. There's some comedy gold in there that I think doesn't get enough love. Cause I mean, like I said, as a kid, you're just, it's Pokemon. Let's watch it. It's Pokemania. But the, the very first uh, Kanto region is just phenomenal. Oh, I should say it's, it can be very corny because it is a, at the end of the day it is a, a kids TV show. But then there's also really good episodes like Sabrina. I don't know if you guys remember uh, the the ghost gym leader, where she's like trying to trap their psychic. Sorry, Morty's the ghost gym leader. Yeah. Please. Wow. Shoot. Casual. What a pull. How many badges that uh, did Gary have when he had more than eight? Was it nine? I, I I, honestly, I don't know the show. I just know the games it was, really well. Yeah, it was nine or ten because he apparently went to Johto for yeah, yeah, Ash even Jodo finished Kanto. The whole Sabrina thing is just like, it's creepy because this psychic gym leader is trying to trap their souls in a doll. So like her childhood self that is really a doll that she controls can play with them in like a dollhouse setting. And there's just some, there's some oh really good storytelling. Yeah, it is like... It's crazy for uh, for a kid show, but I think it just go back and watch it as an adult, especially if you liked it as a kid, because then you're going to also hit that nostalgia serotonin and your brain's just going to give you a bunch of happy stuff. But uh, the, the characters and the, the quips and the humor is just phenomenal for a kid show, and I think it translates to adults. So that's why I think that from that aspect, it is an underrated TV show. You can tell me I'm wrong now. Oh, no, I have no issue with that whatsoever. Me either. Rob and his wife, they uh, they showed the show to my daughter, but she, she didn't know the, the name of the show, and so she'll try describing the show she wants to us. And so she was like, it's the one with all the turtles wearing sunglasses. Yep. And it mm. took us forever to be like, oh, right. She, like, we'd have got there right away if we had known she'd seen Pokemon. But when it's a three-year-old who's just like, I want the turtle with sunglasses, you're like, I, I got nothing. Man. I mean, your like, wife was there when we watched it, so she should have well, known. That's on her. Yeah, she was like, I don't want to watch it's this also show. also my favorite episode. It is a solid one. She's like, I don't want to watch this show. And then we got to the end of the episode. She's like, again? Like, wanted to watch the same episode again. We're like, no, we're going to go to another one. She's like, no, I want the turtles. Joe, please. I can't just watch the same 20 minutes over and over again. She's a toddler, though, so she can. Oh, yeah. That, that child can quote full scenes of the Mario movie already. She watches that, like, twice a day. It was an okay movie. I have not seen it yet. 
Yeah. It's it's I, it was I a think fine movie. We're not for getting adults. enough love. You you said you don't think it's getting enough love? I don't think uh I don't think Squirtle gets enough love. Oh. Okay. Everybody's on Charizard. See, the I've... fact that Squirtle was an ex game banger, I think is <laughs> I think is underrated. See, I All feel like good. Bulbasaur is the one that really gets, you know, 100%. left out of the Nobody spotlight for those. Well, it's just because he's the worst. My wife has thought about getting a Squirtle tattoo. That's all I'm Dude, saying. With the sunglasses, though? I, I would hope so. I'll, I'll pay for the sunglasses. I hope so, too. Just the sunglasses. Uh, you yeah. got to pay for the rest of Squirtle on her own. I have also thought about getting a Squirtle tattoo, so that <laughs> would yeah. be hilarious. All right. Um... For my number three, I picked White Collar. White Collar started in 09 mm. on USA and is currently streaming on Hulu. And it follows uh, Neil Caffrey, a world-renowned art thief who's been released into the, the custody of Peter Burke, the FBI agent who put him behind bars in the first place. And together they solve, you know, your week-to-week um, art thief crime. It's 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 a procedural. It follows all the same beats of any other crime show, but just the chemistry of these characters. Peter is played, um, what's his name? I had it down somewhere, uh, by Tim Decay, who played Bizarro Jerry in Seinfeld. And then Neil's played by Matt Bomer. And the two of them just, they're so good together. They'll bump bounce from like a father son dynamic to brothers to like an old married couple. And it's, it's just always fun and it's always fresh. And then you also have this this top criminal dynamic where we know Neil is off and he's trying to do things behind the FBI's back and he's making schemes and he's making plans for his own agenda that he can't reveal to the FBI. He's also working for the FBI. And it's just, it was an absolutely phenomenal character-driven show with really great seasonal arcs. And that's what made you keep coming back for the week-to-week Crime of the Week show. Yeah, I definitely just I think that one gets uh, it doesn't get enough love at all. You ha- you own the DVDs, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So I think I've seen it on your on your shelf. Neil Caffrey is one of the only characters out there who can wear a fedora and not look cheap. Like he looks genuinely cool wearing a fedora. <laughs> and Indiana Jones. That's right. Like you got to be in pretty elite company to be able to pull off a fedora. He wears a fedora. Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, it's that's a fedora that he wears. Wow, crazy. And it, it's crazy. Like somehow deep some of the indiana jones fans go to get like the original hat there they i guess there's this whole sub community that noticed that like the the lining of his hat was different between each movie and they like pinned down what animal it was and like the exact style and, like cha- contacted the people that made the original hat <sighs> they just went to way too much work just to get that exact replica because no no one was doing it right it's just crazy what nerds would do they have their mind set on something that, that's nuts that is crazy i mean you gotta appreciate the love though right well i heard i haven't i haven't seen it but i've heard indiana jones 5 makes indiana jones 4 look tolerable so <laughs> I've heard similar things. Yeah, because the fourth one blows. Come on, Lou. That was a community reference. I'm, I'm sorry. I love community. I just I suck at referencing things. <laughs> Did they confirm that uh, Donald Glover's gonna be back for the movie? I have not kept up with that. Uh, until I see a trailer, I'm not getting my hopes up. I think the show did go down. Yeah. He brought a lot of energy. Oh, he, he, yeah. Once he was gone, the show took a, a very noticeable dip. And I'm going to say, I think yeah. season six was worse than the the gas leak season. I When I rewatched it recently, I'm like, you know, it wasn't as good as seasons one through three, but it wasn't terrible. I, we'll discuss that another time. Because I'd have to rewatch uh, 
have a, a more recent feel for it, but I felt like season six had a couple of great episodes and then everything else kind of was trash. And I felt like season four was pretty consistently not good. I didn't yeah. think anything was trash necessarily, but I definitely didn't think any of the episodes were good. So you would take so. a couple episodes of good and the rest is trash besides just a, a mediocre show throughout. Yeah, probably. Okay, but, I was just wondering. Um, yeah, again, I'd, have to, I'd have to watch the rewatch them and have a more mm. fresh uh, perspective before I make, make a definitive yeah. statement. I will say the puppet episode is the worst episode of the show. Oh, it's so bad. I was thinking the uh, when they got locked in that burger space. The KFC thing? That one's that also one's pretty, pretty rough. I don't like that episode much either. There, there's, I'd say there's like a couple parts in that episode that are funny. That is the episode that introduces yeah. the flag, and I am a huge fan of the Greendale flag. Didn't you have it so on a shirt? I had it on a shirt, and I have it on a flag. Yeah, I got that shirt for Christmas from my parents one year, and then we went to Christmas the same day. You know, we went to, you know, we did Christmas with uh, my dad's side and then to Christmas with my mom's side. And I put on the shirt for Christmas with my mom's side because I was like, hey, you know, nobody in this side of the family is going to appreciate this shirt. And I think it's going to be funny to see who notices. Nobody did until afterwards when they were looking through the pictures. And I just got a string of just angry text messages from multiple people. That's still one of my favorite Christmases. Was it better than the better than the Jacob is is being jolly Christmas? Oh no, that was a really good Christmas. We might have to save that story for uh, for a Christmas episode. But yeah, that was a classic. That, that was a good Christmas. Uh, my number two is Ozark. I don't think enough people talk about Ozark. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so Ozark. No, what do you think, Robert? Well, I just, I didn't know if I, I think it's, I guess it's, I was kind of on, I thought about Ozark too, and I was kind of on the line. I feel like it's gotten popular, but I, I think it's a coin flip whether I'd say it's underrated or not, depending on the day. I think it's underrated because I think it's in the same genre as Breaking Bad, and I think Breaking Bad is, is held to the highest, and I think Ozark has done, has done everything Breaking Bad has done and hasn't gotten a lot of love. Uh, I just flipped a coin and it is not overrated. Yeah. Have you watched yeah, all of it, Robert? I never finished the last season. The last season yeah. is a little hit or miss, so I understand that. So you watched are... of it. Yeah, there are Mike, some some it? really good parts. I overall, I'd say it's a good experience. The uh, the blue lighting effect is is definitely like a staple. I honestly you know? don't even know what you're talking about. So what they use it's oh I forget the the like cinematic term like a color scaling. They they put a blue basically filter over everything to, to set the mood. So if you look, it's it's a very blue show, and I've like been snapping people, and they could tell which show it was from like the lighting and just the way it is. Because they put the... Gosh, it's going to kill me. I don't remember what that's called. But yeah, they, they turn down like the a... saturation. The warmth. They turn the warmth down. Yeah, but it's like... They, they turn the warmth down. But I forget what the... So remember, Oh Brother, Where Art Now was like the first movie to digitally do color. I don't know. But yeah, go, you can go ahead and talk about it. So if you boil it down, it's pretty simple. Uh, he does money laundering for, for the cartel. Uh, but he ends up getting in trouble because his partner ends up stealing money, I think. I won't ruin too much of it. Uh, but because of that, uh, he has to go down to... Oh, shoot. Is it... What state is it? It's Missouri. You guys remember, Robert, do you remember Missouri? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like the Ozarks. Up, I've driven through that area. Really? That's super cool. Yeah, it's yeah, kind so of on the way to Tulsa. He ends up getting in trouble through the... Oh, that's fun. Done that quite a bit of times then, I'm assuming. I have. But yeah, so he ends up getting in trouble with the cartel, and he has to go down to Missouri in the Ozarks, and he has to make that money up that was stolen. And it starts off with him just being the bad guy, quote-unquote. Uh, but then he, at the end of the show, everybody's corrupted. His whole family is. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that versus Breaking Bad, where Walter just is the bad guy, and his family is like, is just gets screwed over because of Walter. Which is, I don't know, it breaks my heart to see, versus I, I personally would rather see... Uh, 
your whole family be corrupted. Wow. I don't know. It's just yeah. Or it's just like this the son well, I think that I think the daughter doesn't end up doing anything. Well, except she for like was, smoking weed. Yeah, so I think she she becomes at least complacent and is like accepting of it. I think later in the show. Yeah. She's yeah. definitely not clean. Like she she gets her hands dirty, I believe. For sure. Yeah. yeah. She ends up like hiding money for them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the son, he starts off being like you thinking that he's going in one direction, like the serial killer direction. Uh, but he ends up just money laundering too, which mm-hmm. I think was a super fun way to, to write that in. But the main I think my favorite character is uh, a character called Ruth. And she's mm-hmm. from the Ozarks and she gets mixed up with the family because of certain reasons. And she becomes such a dynamic character. Uh, it is so beautiful to see and how she and in the the ending of the show i think is perfect for her and it was it was a it was a life-changing even from the get the first episode i think if the first episode doesn't get you then i don't think you'll like the show uh the the term was color grading you digitally put Mm. like an effect over it to make it look a certain way yeah i mean i i like it i like breaking bad better but that's personal preference i will say for ozark the kind of like b story with the pastor that was crazy Oh, yeah, I mean, everything, I think a cool thing about Ozark, it's, it's all mixed together. It's all woven together, and then you just have to find out how they're going to unravel it. They just, it's all set up. Like, it, it's just like, it sets up everything, and you're just like, you know it's not going to go well, but you're just like, how is it going to, like, how are they going to get out of this? Or, yeah, it was just at one point, there's like a 20-year-old that, like, falls in love with, like, a 6-year-old, and you're just like, Ooh. what is going on? It's just wild. It is just wild. So, for my number two... When Aleutian originally proposed this topic last week, I, I kind of asked if this question was would be considered underrated, and we decided that it's like the line of, the show is underrated, but anything bigger than this would not be, and that is How I Met Your Mother. I think it definitely did have some cultural significance, but it was overshadowed by shows like The Office and Parks and Rec, and didn't quite stay in the, the cultural zeitgeist as long as the other ones. And I think that's a real shame, because yeah, the last season, really the last season and a half wasn't great but there's so many other shows like i i've heard i not very many people like the last few seasons of the office besides the last episode so i don't think that's a i don't think that's a fair reason for why that didn't work out one thing i love about how i met your mother is that a lot of sitcoms they won't reference old jokes for the most part they might here and there but they want to keep everything contained to a, a 24 minute slot so you can just binge it you don't have to have any like previous watching of it and you can pick up and think things are funny but how i met your mother has running gags throughout the whole series and it's it's just one of the funniest things to to watch and kind of see in the background one of the the running gags i don't know which season started is the premise is that a dad is telling their kids the story of how he met your mother and he gets to this part where he's in college with his roommate and he's about to say they were smoking weed but he didn't want to tell his kids that so he's like oh they they were uh eating sandwiches so they yeah eating sandwiches throughout and they hold the sandwich like you would see someone holding something they're smoking and all that and he like takes a bite of it and just starts laughing but you just throughout the whole sh- whole show they'll be like oh i got a bag of sandwiches and then they go to a, a weird owl concert and you see like people <laughs> passing sandwiches in the background and all that and that's just one example of just the references they have and the callbacks that you don't get and just the character development at least for barney stinson who's neil the uh neil patrick harris mm-hmm. like when we we started the show becca's like oh gosh he's playing like you know that stereotypical womanizer and all that and he just probably one of the best pro- progressions for that cut out character or that that style of a character you just see where he becomes like he starts 
seeing women less as objects and like starts you know treating them as more than just some sexual conquest and it, it's it just destroys you because they they already had the ending planned about after season two and to to get to that ending they had to ruin barney's character and i just remember my wife was so mad at just their character assassination they did off the you know seven seasons of him actually becoming a decent human being and it's just it, it that character is so well written and all the characters are really well are well written and unlike a lot of sitcom main characters like ross ted who's the quote-unquote main character but i don't know anyone who says ted's their favorite character he actually does selfless things ross is very selfish when he comes to like rachel like he will to be with rachel he'll mess up plans in rachel's life but ted there's this girl robin and he will go out of his way to make sure her life is better and like her and 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 barney end up dating and like it kills them inside but he ultimately like gives their blessing and all that and that's just something you don't see from a lot of main characters and i'll, I'll say one last thing an interesting twist that i i heard after my second rewatch is if you watch it and picture older ted is kind of a manipulator and unreliable narrator it's not a story about how he met his mother it's a story about why his kids should allow him to go date their aunt robin not actual aunt but they you know it's just like that close family thing that close friendship where they call him family and i just think that's a very interesting perspective and I, I like can't wait to go back and watch it from that perspective and see if that theory holds any merit there's another really cool thing that happens with uh with ted where you can watch the show at a normal healthy pace and you get to watch Ted just kind of go through his like his character changes at at a normal pace or you can binge it like an addict during covid and do like a season a day oh my you get to wow. see Ted go through these they're the same changes but it, it's so interesting cuz you get to watch it at this accelerated pace and so you get just a different perspective of the way his character grows and dips i thought that was a really interesting thing i discovered while locked in my house Definitely one of my favorite sitcoms slash rom-coms because there's a lot of rom-com in it. I love How I Met Your Mother. I, I think it is better than Friends. It's not even close. But my favorite, one of my favorite episodes, I have a ton of favorite episodes, like the smoking episode where they all quit smoking. That was pretty Yeah, good. I love that one. Uh, but my my favorite episode is when they find out that Barney has been hiring actors to play his wife <laughs> and his kid to his mother. <laughs> and he's been playing that, he's been hiring them for like years. <laughs> and then and then the uh, Barney's wife, quote unquote, ends up wanting to date Ted. <laughs> And yes. So, yeah, and, and Ted is such a thirsty character that he's totally for it. My favorite episode is uh, it's called "Marry the Paralegal," and it's right after Ted and Robin almost get together, and then they don't, and it's really awkward. And there's this award show that Robin's going to for her newscasting, and everybody shows up, including Ted, and they learn right before the show that Robin is bringing Sandy Rivers, this newscaster that Ted absolutely hates as her date. <laughs> and so Barney tells Ted, uh, he goes, just get a hooker. And Ted's like, no, that's, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's illegal. <laughs> and they go back and forth about this, and Barney ends up showing up with just this gorgeous woman and she's like he goes hey ted this is mary she's your date i got i got you a date and so the whole episode barney acts like mary is a hooker when in fact <laughs> mary is a real paralegal it all comes to a head where where ted tells her to her face you're a hooker and she's like no no i'm a paralegal and he's like 
no, you're a hooker. <laughs> oh my God, you're a paralegal. And it's, it's such a mean joke, but it is so funny watching Ted just put his foot all the way down his throat. Like, it's so good. Uh, so one of my favorite episodes, definitely, uh, is, is it the wedding wedding play? Like the, the movie that they make. That episode lives in my head rent-free. I just hear, I'm Ted Mosby. No, he definitely said it that time. Because oh, the whole joke is that it's like, I'm Jed, what is it, Jed? Wedding Bride. The Wedding Bride, yeah. But the, the joke is like, it's it's based off of Jed a relationship Mosley. in the sh- in the show, yeah, and they call it Jed Mosley, and it's based off of Ted, and they just like make him look awful, and he keeps saying, "I think, guys, that's based off of me," and no one believes him. And they say it at the end, <laughs> there's the actual Ted Mosby at the end. He's like, "No, that time he 100 percent said it." And I don't know why that scene just sticks in my head and will pop up randomly throughout the day and make me laugh. No can doville baby doll. <laughs> uh, I like saying that, and then also pulling it off the red cowboy boots. Yeah, pulling <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> they uh there's and it's like super small in the show uh but every time somebody says general like general something uh, general something head, yeah yeah and they salute Dude, i i'm the i just do it with my wife all the time and she has zero <laughs> idea what i'm doing i just salute her ever so often it's hilarious and then robin sparkles is so good uh slap bets mm-hmm. where he holds the slap oh my gosh and there's so good. And there's such great moments like in that show that you get those heartfelt moments and there's some parts where they just tear you down. Like there's a lot of highs and a lot of the highs are followed by just something going terribly wrong in that character's in one of the characters' lives and you just feel it and are like gutted by it. And you don't I, I don't get that from a lot of sitcoms. Usually it's like, Oh, this person's parent died, ha 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 but like no, when you find out one of their parents died, you're like kind of empathize with them and feel it. It's one of the most gut wrenching uh episodes of tv ever when marshall's dad dies and it's it's yeah, so well set know. up because every, every like scene has a number in mm-hmm. it and it's a countdown and when it gets to zero that's mm-hmm. when lily tells marshall your dad died yeah that one's whew, that one gets me every time for sure yeah it sounds like we should have a top five how much mother okay. podcast sometime but one thing one thing i love is the attention the detail they went in when making it so if there's a website or something on the show it's most likely or was at the time a website in real life like there was an actual they made a canadian sex act website they made a not a father's day website they made a barney blog and everything and it's just it's funny how much they went into it i didn't know that that's really good yeah that is really good yeah we should have ended off like that man that made me feel good uh, so my number two is uh, it's my ultimate guilty pleasure show. It is Greek, released in 2007 on ABC Family, and can now be streamed on Hulu and the Freeform app. Honestly, it's impossible to explain the show without either just retelling like the entire first episode or just wildly underselling the quality of the show. But in short, Greek follows the lives of a bunch of students in college who are in sororities or fraternities. If that sounds stupid to you, that's kind of my point, that you just you need to experience the whole first episode. But what makes the show fantastic, just like White Collar, is the chemistry within the ensemble cast. It's fantastic, and all the interpersonal conflict is set up so well from the very first episode. Yeah, it's fantastic. Basically, you got, you got this kid, Rusty, who's a freshman, and his sister is a junior, and she's in, like, top sorority, and she's dating another junior in the top fraternity but then her ex-boyfriend is the president of the party frat and the party frat hates the preppy frat that you know she's dating the guy from and it's all just stupid incredibly low stakes like it doesn't matter it's just the the social lies of 18 to 22 year olds it's wildly unimportant 
but just every episode it makes you feel like if they don't solve this problem world war three will break out and it, it's always funny it's just it's really really well done character stuff yeah i absolutely love it they have they have a bit where for the first couple seasons the plain white tees play members in the party frat and so there's an episode where they're trying to throw a party, but they don't have a ton of money. And they're like, hey, Tom, are you still in that little band you're in? And Tom from the Plain White Tees is like, yeah, wh- why wouldn't the band still be together? And then the Plain White Tees plays a concert at the show. Again, it's hard to describe without just telling you the whole thing. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really worth it. It's, it's got a lot of 2007 charm. Very funny. Very stupid. And I'm telling people to, it's my number two most underrated show on a podcast. <laughs> Okay, so my number one, my all-time number one underrated TV show is The Wire. If I had to recommend any TV show, any adult, HBO The Wire, I think is criminally underrated, which is kind of a pun because it's a cop show. I'm assuming you guys have never listened, never heard The Wire. I've heard of it, you know, especially, I feel like, I feel like I hear it mentioned in a decent amount of rap songs. Oh, that's interesting. I heard it, uh, they mentioned it in The Office once. Super random, but it's <laughs> mentioned those, yeah. for a reason. So if you boil it down, yes, it is a cop show. Uh, I have never liked any cop show before. I never liked like NCIS. I feel like that was the closest one that I liked because shout out to Gibbs. Uh, but any other cop show, I've not, I've it's just never appealed to me. But I just get done watching the Game of Thrones, and I again am different. I feel different. I'm kind of empty. Yeah, kind of like the ending will do that. Yeah, I felt empty and I felt lost, and uh, I was adopted by an Italian family, and so I felt like I needed to watch The Sopranos, but I just didn't want to watch The Sopranos. I ended up watching The Sopranos later, and I regretted it. I think The Sopranos is massively overrated. I don't Interesting. know how you guys. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I think it. we started watching the first episode together, Lou, and then we never. I never went further than that. I know the ending though. I've seen that scene broken yeah. apart. He definitely dies, and the the director even said so and he deserves to die which is i'm totally fine with it so the wire is definitely a cop show you you can't look past that but i feel like it's the most uncopy cop show i've ever got to experience and i think that's just what i love about it it's the wire the reason why it's called the wire is because it's a surveillance wiretapping uh, technology what do you sorry i don't even know the terminology do a phone tap yeah, so they're trying to phone tap criminals so they can catch them on charges. But instead of it just being that, because I feel like it's super boring, they're actually getting an inside view of that world. And and but the best part is that there's no bad guys, right? At the end of the day, like any drug dealer is just a product of their of their world, and it's just their option to make money so they can survive. Like a lot of these a lot of these drug dealers, they get kids to be drug dealers because they get lesser charges and so if you start selling drugs at eight years old what do you expect to be when you're 18 right and so i i think it's the the writer has actually made these in the books i think he started these as books and i think he's shown so much love to to the baltimore area you can tell that it's not just like these gangsters who are just selling drugs right these are real people who like real problems and like all these people have families right these they're not just these thin characters Mm -hmm. and the same same thing with these cops these cops are real people with real problems they feel obligated to like 
do the best they can so they can better their community. And so my favorite my favorite part of the show, my all-time favorite part of the show is that each season uh, hits a different topic. And so my favorite topic, because of if you know who I am, my favorite topic is the school system. So, uh, so there's a cop who is a terrible cop. Uh, he does everything wrong and he messes up quite often. Uh, and then he does something seriously wrong and then gets kicked off the force. And so what he does is he becomes a teacher in the Baltimore area. And so you follow him inside this, this school system and, and he's learning how to be a teacher. And he first starts to, to do it as a cop. And then he notices like how bad that is. And then he starts showing real empathy towards, towards these kids. And dude, it, it breaks my heart to see how they're treated, man. The world that they have to go to. And after school, if they do get to go to school, they have to sell drugs, you know? And they uh, they just want to be kids. There were times where I was just almost tearing up. And I think it's, it's a beautiful show. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it if you're an adult. All right, my number one is uh, the truly, probably the most underrated show that I've seen. So that's why... I- mostly why it's my number one but it's also just a phenomenal show it's called wilfred i don't know if you guys have ever heard of it has oh my gosh dude that's have you, crazy. Have, have you have you seen that show <laughs> yeah man it's like a fever dream i thought about doing that but i've never finished yeah. it so i couldn't oh it, it is crazy so it's a it's a psychological dark comedy it has elijah wood as the main character basically the show you kind of the the dark tones it sets the the show opens and it's elijah wood's character typing up like a suicide note and he's trying to overdose on pills but he ends up failing and once the next day after he he fails a suicide he starts seeing his neighbor's dog as this big australian man dressed up in like a a very cheap dog costume so the name is the dog's name is wilfred just like the whole show you're wondering is he can he actually see wilfred as a human is he just crazy people are like no he died in that first episode and this is like a purgatory and it just it messes with your brain and like the whole a lot of the show deals with like mental health and the human condition and a a lot of the time he is torn between doing what his family thinks is the best for him and what they they say success is between what he actually wants they kind of use wilfred as the the guide there's times where like is wilfred more than just a dog it it just gets crazy the end of season one is one of my favorite twists of any show ever they do talk about some really dark stuff, but they, they can also do it in a comedic light. And it's just a wild. It's four seasons long. It used to be on Netflix. I think only, besides, well, now I know Lou, but before I knew that, I think it was one other person I know that had watched the show. And it, the advertisement was w- really weird because they turned on Netflix and you see Elijah Wood getting licked by the guy, like a dog lick on the, and he's just like <laughs> super uncomfortable. So it is, it. If you haven't seen it and you're okay with dark humor and really heavy topics, then it is a, a great show and there's some there's like some cameos that are just hilarious i don't want to say anything and ruin them but they do a lot of like mind tricks and it's just it's wild i'm sorry man mike whenever you do watch it you got to tell me what you think about the ending and it's just the crazy analysis some fans will break down there's a, a big part in there where it's something to do about the house and like someone found the house on the internet built a 3d model using the the inside of the house that they've seen from the show and it's just like all right looking at this we can see this and it's it's just crazy oh like gosh. how in depth and like some of the theories go that's amazing robert how often do you get into these like these rabbit holes because that's the second time you've talked about it in this podcast dan 
Indiana Jones one was just like a late night thing. I was on YouTube just watching. But I, I did go back and watch a retrospective of some of these just to kind of get them fresh in my head. And it was in that retrospective of Wilfred where the guy breaks it down and why he thinks this theory is the actual end to the show and all that because it's left ambiguous. It's beautiful and you never thought you would feel bad for a guy dressed in a dog outfit like the stuff that happens to him. And it, it, like there are some moments where you're it pulls at your heartstrings and you're like this guy is just it's Australian man in this cheap dog outfit yet I feel terrible for them. <laughs> Alright uh, my number one is Malcolm in the Middle. Came mm-hmm. out on Fox in 2000 and you can watch it on Hulu. Apparently all my favorite shows are on Hulu. But uh, Malcolm in the Middle is just, just like it was really pioneering for its time. It kind of brought like the, the one camera shooting style that's very popular in a lot of um, cable shows now that Malcolm kind of brought that back into uh, popularity. It, it's got Brian Cranston, which, uh, I mean, my money, he's one of the funniest guys on the planet. Frankie Munez, this was kind of his big breakout rule. And then a lot of other people who, I mean, not many other people went too far. Uh, Jane Kaczmarek played the the mom, and she's, I guess she's gone on to do some pretty good things. But basically it follows, it follows the whole family. Malcolm's not really the main character, even though he's the title character. Uh, I'll say he's in like character. sixth grade. I Maybe. I don't know. We, you could definitely argue that he is. He's like the principal character, but it's kind of like Ted in, in How I Met Your Mother, where it's like, yeah, he's the main character, but there's all these other characters that you kind of like mm-hmm. more. Not that oh. I have a problem with Malcolm. But yeah, so he's this, he's like a sixth grade kid, and it turns out that he's got an IQ of 160, and so he gets put into the gifted class, and that's kind of the start of the show. Basically, you got this family, and they're, they're not dysfunctional in the f- sense that they don't work, but they're not your conventional TV family. They're poor, and the mom kind of is the domineering presence in the family where the dad kind of, he's motivated by fear, and he just kind of hides away. Um, but whenever the mom is out, Hal, played by Brian Cranston, his, his rebellious side kind of springs back out. <laughs> And that's always just an absolute blast to see. And yeah, you know, you see, so basically, it follows these three wildly unruly terrors of the neighborhood constantly getting in trouble and being caught by their parents. It also has this dynamic, though, where, like, even though the parents are constantly at war with the children, the family as a unit is at war with the rest of the world. And they're always. They, they they really do love each other and they band together and you just get to you get these heartwarming moments with a family. Very occasionally has these momentary, just beautiful moments where you just see genuine love and then the you know the, the boys start ruining it by wrestling and breaking a vase. But it's really like you know you get one classic episode where it's Hal and Lois's anniversary and Hal goes straight from work to the uh, you know to the place they're having dinner, but Lois finds her dress burnt and in the toilet and so she she rounds up all three boys and she's like nobody's going anywhere until i get a confession i want to know who did this you know she ends up missing her entire date with her husband who ends up becoming like good friends with the bathroom attendant and has a great night the mom never cracks the boys i think somebody might just say they did it just to end the night and then the final scene of the show is it flashes back to the earlier in the day i don't remember if the dad's sneaking a cigarette or what but he does something and he catches his wife's dress on fire and puts it out in the uh you know and so it's you know lots of fun stuff like that another thing i love about it is my my dad and my uncle have similar and yet exact opposite reactions to this show so my dad he saw it and he was like wow this show reminds me of my childhood i love this and then paul was like yeah this show reminds me of my childhood i can't handle this show uh, too traumatic and then it also has one of my all-time favorite kind of blended show theories 
Uh, there's a scene in the office where Stanley is, he's talking about, it's right after Pam and Roy break up. And he goes, um, I bought Pam and Roy a toaster for their wedding. And then they broke it up. So I went, they broke up. So I went back to the store to return the toaster, but they no longer sell that model of toaster. So now I have two toasters. There's an episode where the guy who plays Stanley comes into an appliance store that Hal is working at as a second job and tries to buy a toaster. Really? Yeah. And so like, I don't know if it was on purpose my guess is he probably did this he might have done this before the office although no it actually the timeline would kind of work out where it was around the same time as the office because i think it was a season five or six so it would have been like 2005 2006 the office was just coming out but it also could have been you know he made the joke in in malcolm the middle and then just kind of reused the toaster gag because i know they ad-libbed a lot but yeah it's 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 a fun little bit and then you also have there was a like a a clip in the emmys that the uh the office did where jesse from breaking bad shows up and sells creed some crystal meth Mm -hmm. yeah i've seen that one which like and so people like string those clips together to be like see it's all it's all interconnected and then, of course, there's the this like the alternate ending for Breaking Bad, where Hal yeah. wakes up and the whole thing was a dream, and Malcolm in the bring middle. It up. And yeah, so I I love the show. It's incredibly funny. It's incredibly heartwarming. Great family dynamic, and just uh, it's fun to watch a show that doesn't follow your conventional sitcom family, but instead just like a, a very real and raw look at what actual life is for kind of struggling middle class people. Yeah, I think my I definitely love Brian Cranston. That just shows like his acting range that he can go from this, you know, almost like push over dad. And then he's just like, not many people can deliver the line, say my name and have it be intimidating. <laughs> but this but right? he can do it. It's just such a great acting range. And I the, the three episodes that stick out in my head from Malcolm Middle are like how centric episodes. Yeah, I love the there's, the roller- there's one how. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, the rollerblading episode. Yeah, I was gonna say I love the rollerblading one. I love the one where he's like left in charge and he has like the demon, like the the angel and the demon on his shoulder. It's like, should he be a, a fun parent or should he be a strict parent? And he's like torn between the two, overseeing the kids. And then I love the episode when he's like, is he like secretly a spy? Like he's being a spy and doesn't he doesn't know he is, or he's oh, doing something he- like some other job and he he's like. Yeah. Just kind of being himself and, and goofy and kind of dumb, and he's end up doing something like even crazier. And I I don't remember yeah, exactly what like, it was. He becomes like he's just a patsy for some uh, some like black ops agent. It's yeah. never well explained. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That's a good one. I really like. There's the episode. So Hal uh, Hal plays poker with this group of black guys, and <laughs> uh, there's the episode where they're all like I forget what the context is, but but Hal loses and he he's really butthurt about it. And he's, you spend the whole episode where Hal's complaining to to Lois about how the other guys treat him different because he's different. And she's like, just talk to them. They'll understand. And he's like, I can't do that, Lois. Look at me. And like the whole time it's set up like they're treating me different because I'm white. And finally he gets there and he's like, like, it, it, like everything comes to a head and he, he's standing there in front of these guys. And he's like, you all treat me, treat me different because I don't have a white collar profession. <laughs> and like one guy's a dentist and the other guy's a lawyer and Hal just works like some dead end office job and it's mm-hmm. it's one of the best bait and switches I've ever seen. I, I haven't watched the show a lot, but I do like when the dad is trying to fix I think the car and then the something else breaks 
And so he has to fix that. Yes. And while he's doing that, something else breaks, right? And then by the time, by the time like the day is over with, he's like fixing a lamp or something like that. And the, yeah, and the wife comes like, in. And I like, think what he does he... essentially nothing. But and then he needs to get back in the car to fix the last thing, and like the loop starts over again. <laughs> and the loop starts all over again. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, you're right. It is. It's, it's he's fixing something totally unrelated, and Lois is like, "I thought you said you were gonna fix the car," and he's like, "What does it look like I'm doing?" <laughs> also i guess driving in reverse will still affect the the mileage meter so that doesn't uh, uh that bit that doesn't ruins a lot of shit uh, that ruins a lot of things yeah next week because i'm bad at math and i guess didn't look at the calendar i was gonna I, my the initial plan was i thought it was coming out on labor day the one that i'm gonna be hosting for so i was doing top five things to do during summer holidays and i'm kind of expanding that out so it's memorial day which is not technically summer through labor day so it's memorial day fourth of july and labor day just like what are your favorite things to do like around that time that you do with friends and family so that's what it's going to be next week i'm stupid and don't know how to look at a calendar so uh it's going to be a week later from labor day so but i think it should still be a fun topic as we kind of wind down summer into fall yeah do you want to since we're missing labor day do you want to just make it like summer traditions yeah let's yeah let's just do top five summer traditions we'll We'll go from Memorial Day to Labor Day, so any time in between there. Yeah. And so for the sake of it, I'm going to say we're going to keep camp. Unless it's a specific camp thing, we're just going to keep, I think, all of our the yeah, top number bit. one would be camp. So I'm, for the sake of sake of conversation, let's just keep camp out of there because I think that would rank, if not number one, then top three for all of us. Thank you for listening to the Top Podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, please leave a five-star review. Please. We're begging you. <laughs> Please. Please. Peace out, toppers. <laughs> <laughs>